Garage Logic Podcast number 45, November 14th, 2018. It was zero on this day in 1919 and 71 degrees in 1990. Wouldn't that be lovely? This is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. We talked to Barron County Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald a month ago following the... uh, a murder of her parents and the disappearance of Jamie Kloss. And he, uh, we touch base today, and he's going to come back on the podcast here in a few moments. There are so many theories, uh, and the theories increase exponentially with each passing day. But with each theory, there's been no evidence to support a theory. For example, oh, she must have had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been no report of a boyfriend, nor is any male who might have been a boyfriend uh, been... Uh, Left town missing, or wherever. Missing. Oh, her parents must have been involved in, e- in illegal meth uh, dealing. No evidence to support that. No evidence to support any theory that comes up. We're going to stay in Wisconsin virtually the entire show today because I, I want to revisit Baraboo and invite... Uh, Kenny and John to weigh in because the whole uh, luncheon club is here today. Yeah, isn't that nice? The whole band's back together. The band's back together today. The entire band is back together. I still say this is right out of Truman Capote. Could the killers have hit the wrong house? Would it uh, Was it the result of uh, workplace problems between the parents and their co-workers at the, is it the Jenny O Turkey Farm? Jenny O's where they were working, yes. No evidence of that. There's no... Not to mention workplace violence usually takes place in the workplace. But How, there's there's no evidence that that uh, the parents had any problem whatsoever at their place of employment. Nor has any problem been reported of them. And I'm guessing the sheriff has investigated and looked into her computers, her cell, all of that. So uh, we're ruling out a, a stranger on the Internet. You know, some guy she met on the That's internet. That's why I'm dying to talk to him. Yeah, because I haven't heard anything about that. Did, well, you, did you cape anything out? Boy, do I sound good. Yeah, you do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy cow. It must be all the weight I've lost. Mm-hmm. You do look good. Is that why you woofed down that sandwich? <laughs> Try him again, Rook. Try him again, Rook. <laughs> he's trying to keep this alive, uh, but he's been terribly flustered. Uh, Federal authorities, are they helping him? Or is well, that's it... another thing I need to know. Are they still in town? Uh, who, who's still who's still on the ground every day? Right. Who's keeping this alive? They certainly don't. It's not a cold case at this point, is it? It's... We have no evidence that the uh, that maybe the teen killed her parents. That's not supported by anything. And if so, why would the door have been kicked in? She's not uh, 100 pounds, five foot three. The little kid, 13 year olds, or whatever she is, she's not capable of having kicked in that door. Why was the door kicked in? Did the police kick in the door? Well, that's with the, with the time that has passed. Uh, you're onto something as far as, yeah, okay. There's not someone has not run away, and that would have been reported. So I think it's it's almost. I mean, they can't rule it out, but it's a pretty good reason to rule out that she ran away willingly with someone because that nobody's missing 
or has been reported missing. The other thing I want to ask, uh, Chris, is why have you now uh, discounted or downplayed uh, your interest in the orange Dodge Challenger? Oh, that's I a, that's a stand. That's a car that's going to stand out mm-hmm. in a small town. So they evidently found the owner, or they... I don't know. That's what I want to ask him. The only excuse he can have for stiffing us right now is he's got a lead. <laughs> right, and you never he's know. He's got when a they're hot lead in. right yeah, now. Right, you never know right when they're now. coming in. Because we had a very pleasant conversation about two hours ago, and I know that he's coming on the show. I just imagine that he's uh, tied up right now. Well, you said ten after. It's three after. What is? I don't have my glasses on. Yeah. What t- what time? What's the date today, Kenny? You know what? My watch was correct last Wednesday. Uh, last Sunday, I thought of you. And you know what last Sunday was, right? Big uh, Veterans Day. Yeah. Yeah. The eleventh. So my watch is actually correct once a month. Because I because I want you to get to RF Moeller. They're having a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend celebration, uh, and that'll be a nice peaceful Black Friday, not that hectic rush. Uh, Friday, November 23rd, uh, any dine in St. Paul, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Minneapolis, 9.30 to 5.30. Saturday, November 24th, he dine in St. Paul, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Minneapolis, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Sunday, November 25th, he dine in St. Paul, noon to 5 p.m. Let Moeller uh, buy you a, a beverage while you uh, casually look at the great uh, inventory, and uh, you're going to get a $250 gift certificate off uh, off the Christmas trees in the store, uh, and you can use it on a purchase of $500 or more. It's the most wonderful time of year. So put this on your calendar. It's going to be a very pleasant, calm, charity-driven, I mean, in Moeller's heart, he's charity-driven, <laughs> uh, at the RF Moeller Jeweler Stores on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday following Thanksgiving. I think I actually walked in there one day on a Christmas Eve, and he sent me home happy, and uh, the wife loved what I got her. Barron County Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald. Hello, Chris. Who's still on the ground, Chris? Is the FBI still in town? Yes, the FBI is still in town. DCI is still in town. We just had a meeting with them. Um, We have agents working out of Milwaukee on some video. we got all kinds of people still working the case. Have you uh, been able to examine everything electronic owned by the family, computers, cell phones, what have you? Yes, we have. Uh, it's still being analyzed, um, but we've got it, and now we're just going through all that information. Chris, are you still interested in the Orange Challenger? Uh, at this time, probably not. We haven't officially ruled it out, but we're uh, leaning away from that uh, Challenger uh, a little bit just to there's some discrepancy and and some different uh, experts we have on the taillight of that car. Chris, it's got to be uh, incredibly frustrating that I can't I bet you can't count the theories you've had to deal with. <laughs> yeah, you really can't count the theories uh, on a case like this and and I know everybody has their theories out there and we really appreciate all the tips and but you're right. It's a it's a frustration level like I've never felt before, um, and that a lot of our agents work in these cases, and that's what the FBI does for a living is is cases like this, and they're frustrated. So uh, for a small department like mine, it's it's very frustrating. But Chris, with each theory, no evidence can be discovered to support the theory, no matter how plausible the theory might be. For example, well, she must have had a boyfriend. They conspired to do this together, and they disappeared. No, there's no evidence there was a boyfriend. You're you're exactly right. Nothing's ruled out. I mean, I'd love to start ruling things off and checking them off the box, but no, we have lots of different theories hanging on our wall in our in our 
back room here that were saying, yeah, so you're right. There's there's lots of theories that she had a boyfriend, but there is nothing on her social media footprint that says, yeah, come and save me, you know, tonight. Well, plus uh, there's no report of any male missing from town. That is correct, and you're right. And so, I mean, not even from the area. I mean, right. we're working with uh, North Carolina right now on their missing child to see if there's any connection. We don't believe there's any North, in, in North Carolina because that's a 13-year-old girl also. Mm-hmm. Um, but we... We're looking at everything continually. Do you believe she's alive? Yeah, I do. I just have the hope, and and uh, there's cases to support my theory uh, that people have been missing. Elizabeth Smart, the Cleveland case, lots of different things like that that shows girls taken are, are can still be alive, and and so I, you know, I, there's no reason to not have the hope. You know, I asked you this the first time we visited uh, a month ago or so. And your answer was very diplomatic, but I'll ask you again. Has she been ruled out as a suspect in the murder of her parents? Uh, you know, nothing is, like I said, nothing's off the table, but she's a 13-year-old, very innocent girl mm-hmm. with not a big social media uh, footprint. Um, I, I, while she hasn't been officially ruled out because nothing has been ruled out, you know, there's no evidence to point that she's involved in this at all. Well... Again, here's a theory for which there's no evidence because you have no evidence that she didn't get along with her parents. Right. Yeah. She got. A, we know she got along great with her mom, and yeah. there was no issues with her dad. The family has confirmed that. So mm-hmm. um, there was no reason. I mean, she went to a birthday party that day, mm-hmm. the day she went missing. She was with her family and all kinds of extended family for uh, four-plus hours, and there was no arguments, no fights, no nothing, only hugs at the end and waves by. How how important is it? Would you just as soon not talk to the likes of me, or is it important to keep this alive and out front in the public's eye? It's very important to keep it alive, and that's why I do. I got three of interviews scheduled today mm-hmm. uh, with media, and I think it's very important to keep it alive um, because there is hope out there that she is alive, and we will bring her home, and that's our goal. And somebody out there knows something. I mean, it may be only this one person, maybe the person who did this, um, but. Somebody will have seen a change in behavior. Someone will have seen something different about a person out there, and that's the person we're looking for and the tip we're looking for. Uh, Sheriff Fitzgerald, I have a question. Um, Is her abduction or alleged abduction, is that, do you feel that was the goal of the perpetrator suspect, or do you think that was an afterthought and it just happened? What kind of motives here are you looking at? And that's the million-dollar question, besides bringing her home, that I struggle with every night. Um, I want to reassure the citizens of Barron County and northwest Wisconsin and Minnesota that this was a, a targeted attack. I can't, again, show any information that this was a targeted attack or a random attack yet. Um, that's what we want to narrow this down to. And so we don't know if it was random. We don't know if it was targeted, where mom was the target, dad was the target, or Jamie was the target. There's no evidence to prove anything. Um, and so you somewhat lean, theory, the theories out there somewhat lean to, man, this must have just been a random attack, and, you know, they just lucked out and got a 13-year-old girl. And I, I don't believe that. I don't have any evidence to prove that. There's got to be some kind of target here just because of the, the violent nature of this crime and taking a 13-year-old girl. Do we know, or do you know, uh, is anything missing? Do you, could you establish a robbery, for example? 
it does not appear anything's missing. So yeah, that's the theory. But then that goes back to it's not really random or you know because nothing appears to be missing. There's a wallet on the table. I mean, there was credit cards there. There was nothing taken that we can see. Now we don't know exactly what was there because uh, we don't have anybody that has been in the house recently. But nothing appears out of place. And if all. it, if in fact it was a robbery, is it isn't it true that there might have been more attractive properties around uh, and. To target one at one in the morning on a Monday night seems uh, just uh, terribly peculiar. It, it seems to suggest that was the house they wanted. Correct. It's off the road, and, and it's on a major highway, but it's back further than any other houses around it. Um, you know, it's just, there's it's you can pick a, a random house that's more isolated than that and not have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. You don't worry about a neighbor being up. I mean, there's neighbors on both sides across the road that could literally be looking out their window when you pull them in their driveway. So um, that's the big question. Yeah, I agree. Every day you must walk down the street and hope somebody comes up to you and says, hey, Sheriff, I got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, every day that happens. Um, but, you know, the ideas have to be well, well thought out. I mean, you know, we're getting tips that she's in a barn. Well, there's a lot of barns. In a lot Wisconsin. of barns, yeah. So that isn't really a tip. And so we really need the tips that are that are going to take up our time, you know, that are worthwhile for our time, I should say. And, you know, but there is tips out there, so continue to call them in. And, you know, there's there's something out there that's going to break this case. And we continue to work on it. We just left a briefing a, lo- a little while ago about some things we're going to continue to work on and go over and and some of that digital footprint information and go back and talk to some people that worked at Genio and, you know, a little bit of everything we're doing still because nothing is ruled out. I guess I'm repeating myself, but just to clarify, the main obstacle that you face is no motive has been established. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. That's that's got to be the toughest thing you're dealing with. If you had a motive, yeah. then you're on the road to uh, to uh, solving it. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, that would be the huge piece um, for us is to determine one who the target was, because then you have more of a motive. Um, as soon as we find that out, that there'll be a break in the case, and we continue to uh, pour through information. At what now they're doing is reviewing information. Uh, how as I've been putting it, two plus two equals four. So I need to I interview you and someone else. Then you both work at Genio. You should have a similar story, and we want to make sure those stories match. And that's what we're doing now. Our case agents are doing uh, as we speak. You can't even establish an Amber Alert because you don't know a if she's in a vehicle or b if she was what kind. Yep. Um, I don't know what people are supposed to be looking for. Yeah, exactly, and that's why we didn't have the Amber Alert right away. They allowed us to do the Amber Alert and put the missing person child out there without that, uh, which is a rare case, but we knew she was gone and in danger, and so they allowed us to do that. Well, Sheriff, thank you for your time. I'm going to keep your number, and we'll continue to stay in touch if that's all right with you. Yep, I sure appreciate it. Thank you for uh, letting us reach out to all your uh, your listeners. All right, thank you. Uh, thank B- you. Barron County Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald. What do we learn? They've got nothing. Mm. Nothing. And you can say, well, they're a small department. Uh, they're overmatched. No. He's got the FBI. He's got every anything he wants, he's got in terms of law enforcement help. They're all stymied. Every one of them. And they're just, like you said, they're laying in the weeds waiting for 
peculiar behavior, something out of the ordinary where somebody might be, you know, hiding something and then eventually it's going to. Uh, I thought the orange car would be peculiar behavior because of the color. Apparently that, that car is proven to mean, proven to mean nothing. Hell, the FBI can get you the list of orange chargers made in any given year and probably tell you where each one of them is. I'm sure. Boy, what a strange story. What and nothing was taken. Story. Kicked in door, nothing taken. They spent the day with relatives at a party where there were no uh, heated arguments. Yeah, the only thing taken was from the weirdo a couple of weeks after the fact. Yeah. yeah Who also worked at Jenny O, correct? Yeah. Oh, he did. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Oh. Well, and, and you can probably... Five will get you ten that they're watching that guy. There's something particularly unnerving about uh, crimes like this set in rural areas. I can't put my finger on it, but I keep going back to you know look look at look at Truman Capote's book In Cold Blood. Uh, rural, what was it, John? Kansas farmhouse. Kansas, yep. And uh, there's just something particularly unnerving about it. They all lock their doors now. Oh hell yes, and they didn't. No. Prior no, to this, no. you know, down to 3,300 people growing on Highway up, 8. Growing up, you could walk into anybody's house. Well, uh, thanks to the uh, sheriff, we're going to be back in a moment, huh? Joe Souchere here for Federated Insurance. I'm not a math guy, but here are a couple of numbers that should get your attention. 2,440,000 injured and 35,092 dead. Those are National Safety Council vehicle numbers from 2015. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than statistics. These are family members, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving continues to be an epidemic, but unfortunately, it's not the only factor in vehicle crashes. It could be this way. A driver is running late, making a delivery, and is speeding. When traffic came to a halt from road construction, the driver can't stop in time and strikes the rear of another vehicle, causing a four-car chain reaction and multiple serious injuries. Ask yourself, do you accelerate when a traffic light turns yellow? Do you decrease your speed during bad weather or in road construction zones? Do you make a full stop at stop signs? The National Safety Council reports nearly one-third of traffic fatalities occurred in speed-related crashes. Think about that and don't become a statistic. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's their business to protect yours. I got a note from Keith Olson in Terry, Montana. Any relation to you, Kenny? Uh, no, I do have a Keith Olsen, but I don't think that's him. Guys, just a quick note. I bet I and hundreds of thousands of modern-day veterans can imagine what the fires in California smell like. They smell like being deployed. Thankfully, the air, ba air base I was stationed at in Qatar, uh, all you did was not as bad as Bagram, Afghanistan. I was somewhat surprised that all you did made the list of locations with a burn pit. We just made jokes on the flight line about the camel farm and that it smelled good today. So, yeah, not as bad as being downwind of a Minnesota hog farm in July or August, but a nasty smell nonetheless. Yeah. What is garbage. a burn pit? A large open-air trash incinerator. Need yeah. to discard old uniforms, old tires, maybe a vehicle battery or medical waste from the base hospital? Throw it on the burn pit and let some third-country nationals move it around so it burns. For my time as a veteran service officer, I saw pictures that fellow veterans brought home showing the black plume of smoke rising into the air. Please note, even if you do not wish to read this whole email, please consider at least mentioning this link for our nation's veterans, www.publichealth.va.gov, and then you can slash exposures and slash burn pits, because I think what he wants us to understand here is that this made some people ill. 
Huh? There was a time when every single farm in this country had a burn slash landfill hole. Bring it to the hole. And once a month, once every two months, you'd go up and burn what is ever in the hole. And that includes spray cans, oh. aerosol, plastic, tires, a light metal. And that stench, Such, is so... The smell of burning garbage Ugh. is so awful. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Afido, <laughs> uh, but I believe that every house in the city... Used to have a burning barrel. Had incinerators. Yeah. 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 In fact, you some burned of, your garbage. Yeah. In fact, yeah. some of us got to fight over with his brothers to see who got to ride the tractor to, to you know, roll it over. I'm going to the dump. Right. <laughs> and every time the group that was standing around the, the pit there, did they shuffle over to be knocked no. downwind? Of- no, the, the pit was always a good 20 acres away from the house. Yes. Oh, you God. keep it far away from the house. Heath D. Olson in Terry, Montana concludes Oh, I'll have to remember rookies awesome. Some geography lesson about Baraboo and West Baraboo. <laughs> when people ask me where Terry, Montana is, my standard reply is halfway between Miles City and Glendive. Oh. Which to anyone in Billings, Montana or further <laughs> west, the next question is, where is Miles City and Glendive? I can now reply, Glendive is just east of West Glendive and Miles City is about 70 miles to the west. Glendive, here's a tip for you. If you're headed that way, Glendive is a great place to spend the night. They've got a lot of hotels right on the freeway. And it's right where the Yellowstone River turns and goes north. It's a great little town. But remember, Baraboo is just east of West Baraboo. We learned that yesterday. Thanks to thanks to Rook. <laughs> he did eventually tell you though that it's south of uh, what's the uh, uh, resort? Wisconsin Dells. Yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Dells. Dells. Yeah. And Lake Delton. Offsite correspondent uh, or frequent contributor Downing notes: Jerry Brown blames the fires on non-believers. Interesting. Pat Robertson has been blaming disasters on non-believers for decades now. Religiotics make strange bedfellows. Downing also notes uh, when we were discussing yesterday that Thanksgiving in the failed academy should now be thought of as a day of mourning because Mm -hmm. we were just imperialistic, no-good invaders. Downing has a great point. Why is the left so hard on pilgrims? The pilgrims were oppressed and unwanted in their homeland. They were refugees. They were migrants seeking a better life for their families. If the left had a time machine, would they go back to 1620 and build a wall around Plymouth Rock? They can't link. Nice catch, Downey. No, they can't link. Right. Do you do you have to apologize for Manifest Destiny? No. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that doesn't surprise <laughs> wow. me. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm trying to carve out a block of time to go uh, and revisit the situation in Baraboo. And Kenny, feel free to, to chime in. Uh, you, you're, you're not alone in your thinking on this. Uh, I, I'm referring to the uh, prom photograph, which uh, has been thought to be showing the junior class. Uh, I, found an interesting, I found an interesting fact, and it came from the New York Times of all places, a fact that seems to corroborate the photographer, Peter Gust, instructing the boys to wave goodbye. Now, think about why he might ask, uh, say that, to wave goodbye. This was the junior prom. Yeah, it was prom. It was not the last day of school or anything like that. They have no senior prom at Baraboo High School. Really? Mm-hmm. Why were they on the courthouse steps? That's a, become a tradition. Oh. Like they marched down to the courthouse steps. Why don't they have How a How did you find prom? this information? New York Times, of all places. Uh, and not, that means it's now really an official 
it's an official uh, story of corruption, disaster, racism, <laughs> and homophobia, this is and transphobia. Photographer, and by the way, his he, line's disconnected. Offsite correspondent <laughs> Kelsey provided his phone number. Uh, his line is disconnected. Let me read you the New York Times piece, but I want to get to Baraboo again in depth. Uh, each year, members of the junior class of Baraboo High School pose on the courthouse steps for parents and other residents. More than one professional photographer usually attends the event, according to Allison Amont, 19, a freshman at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, who graduated from Baraboo High last year. The junior prom is held each year in the school gymnasium, semicolon. There is no senior prom. Thus the why. instruction, hey, wave goodbye, you're, all, you're this done, is this is it. See you later. Yeah. Let's come back with a John Height newscast, shall we? Okay. Let's see. Chris Reavers and the Jayhawks. Loris wasn't involved, was it? You didn't Shut gen- up, John. You didn't genuflect in his general yeah, direction, that's what did I, you? I'm worried if I have to be embarrassed now because <laughs> yeah. you're all, Hey, Gary, we can, love you. can I massage your feet, Gary? <laughs> Remember that time you were at the fair Here's a Q-tip. Can I help you with your ears? <laughs> I mean, my God, I'm still embarrassed about that. Yeah, me too. And I'm trying to talk to Gary about a mutual friend we have, and you're all like, here's another cup of water. Yeah. Remember that time you guys did that song? Here's John Basilica. Hyde. Trying to get my kid in the picture with Gary Loris, and Reavers pushes him to the floor. Right. Get him Joe, out of the get way. Get the hell out of here. God, they're not an, Joe, they're a genuinely great bunch of people. Oh, I know God. they are. They're, yeah, all, they're talked awesome to them. people. Yeah. Dave Hutchinson officially certified Tuesday as Hennepin County's new sheriff, defeating incumbent Rich Stanick in that hotly contested race. Uh, but Stanick then said in an interview Tuesday evening he wanted to look at voter data from the election, wasn't yet ready to discuss what he might do next. Uh, that seemed to contradict a statement the sheriff issued earlier in the day after the canvassing board had officially awarded the election to Hutchinson when he congratulated Sheriff-elect Hutchinson and said, quote, the transition is underway. It's not necessary that Stanick concede for Hutchinson to take office. The new sheriff's term begins January 8th. Hutchinson said he has his transition team in place already. You know what that means, by the way, Joe? Hmm. It means I won our bet. What was the bet? Jayhawks or Foo Fighters, who was going to get who first? Oh, yeah, my guy has not come through. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Ventura returned to his old workplace to advise Minnesota's next governor on transition issues and took the opportunity to talk up legalizing marijuana. To catch his outfit? Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. Jimi Hendrix yeah. shirt and a fanny pack. Yes. Yep. boy. <laughs> He's had that Jimi Hendrix shirt yeah. forever. He breaks it out when he meets new governors. Ah. Got so it. now that the uh, the anniversary has passed, you guys are back to uh, being mean to Jesse. <laughs> no, because you were really, wore a Jimmy Hendrix you were shirt. Really nice to him leading up to it, and before uh, you ended up with uh, who'd you have on? John Woodley, his yeah, press secretary. Woodley had Woodley on. Yeah. Was he wearing the Hendrix sweatshirt or T-shirt rook when you stumbled upon him watching Beverly Hills Cop? Was that the T-shirt? No, he, he had just on? had a regular white T-shirt on because he <laughs> took off his uh, his uh, shirt and his suit coat and just crumpled it. In That's the enough, Jesse. So the body's in town right now? Uh, Ventura said he was invited by a governor-elect Tim Walls to a meeting Tuesday at the Capitol. The former wrestler-turned-politician found a receptive audience in Walls, who has expressed support in the past for legalizing marijuana for recreational use. Ventura said Minnesota is, in his words, missing the boat on the economic benefits. Minnesota currently has a medical marijuana program. It's the only thing I miss the most about that morning show, having two minutes left and... All right, Hemp John, call. What do you got, Johnny? Rook, stop. We got to have Hemp John tell us what's going on. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, thank you. Axel's about to kick some yes. ass. <laughs>
Oh, every day. I it's got Friday. It. I got have it. John again. <laughs> what happened since yesterday? What did he always refer us to when he was wrestling? What did he call us? It wasn't rubes. Turkey it was, necks. Yeah. Turkey <laughs> necks. No, that was yeah. a crusher called turkey people turkey Although we were turkey town. He, uh, the crusher was turkey necks. You turkey yeah, necks. Yeah. You're right. You're right. We were just Minneapolis and St. Paul were turkey town. He has delighted me my whole life. Oh, yeah. He yes. has never not made me smile. Former Shakopee Superintendent Rodney Thompson, already facing 25 charges in Scott County, is now also facing a federal charge. Is this the guy that bought Vikings tickets with the credit card? <laughs> no. Oh, a, re- a different Shakopee guy. A release from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Minnesota, Thompson had been charged with one count of corrupt solicitation of a bribe. Now, all of this happens after an investigation conducted by the FBI that allegedly found Thompson used his authority as superintendent of schools to obtain services from and bill travel and sporting event tickets to a company interested in being awarded contracts with the district. The charging document alleges Thompson demanded the company remodel the basement of his house and finish up other products totaling almost $45,000. A sweet deal. The company spent more than five grand to allow Thompson to attend those sporting events, as you talked about, Chris, and stay at a luxury hotel in Nashville. Also alleges the company was awarded contracts with a value that substantially exceeded the amounts. Defendant Thompson caused Company A to spend on his behalf. Uh, You may remember he was arrested earlier in November, faced 21 charges in connection with misuse of a district credit card, six counts of theft by swindle, 13 counts of embezzlement of public funds, and two counts of receiving stolen property. Acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker's temporary appointment was legal, the Justice Department said in a memo Wednesday morning, but it wouldn't address whether he must recuse himself from the Russia investigation. President Trump does have the power to appoint Whitaker as, a tacting, uh, as acting replacement excuse me, for Jeff Sessions because Whitaker has been a senior enough leader for more than a year, according to the Office of the Legal Counsel. Uh, Rod Rosenstein, of course, Attorney Deputy Attorney General, uh, is uh, was appointed by Robert Mueller to run an investigation into Russian interference in the election after President Trump fired James Comey as FBI director. Rosenstein had been supervising the Russia matter until Whitaker's appointment. Whitaker, though an open critic of the Russia investigation before he joined the government under Sessions, also has ties to at least one person who's been caught up in it, former Trump campaign official Sam Clovis. Democrats and others have argued that means Whitaker must take himself off the Russia case just as Sessions did. France's government firing back at a flurry of critical tweets uh, tweets by President Trump. It's tough to say. Tweets by President Trump suggesting the U.S. president lacked common decency by launching a broadside at France on a day when the country was mourning victims of the November 2015 terror attacks. Government spokesman Benjamin Griveaux said Wednesday we were commemorating the assassination of 130 of our compatriots three years ago in Paris. Common decency would have been appropriate. Meanwhile, various sources reporting uh, the president, during his 43-hour stay in Paris, brooded over the Florida recounts and sulked over key races being called for Democrats in the midterm elections. He erupted at his staff over media coverage of his decision to skip a ceremony honoring the military sacrifice of World War I and also talked about his cabinet on that cabinet front. Apparently, he's going to be firing Kirsten Nielsen, the Secretary of Homeland Security. He may also we uh, push out Chief of Staff John F. Kelly before the week is out, according to do sources. Do we know who? Um, do we know who uh, the first lady is having a squabble with? Yes, and that she would wants be Mira Ricardle. Okay, she's a foreign policy hardliner. Uh, but we don't a, know why. Apparently, uh, there was some problem. Uh, she she made some comments about some of the first ladies. Uh, okay, people. 
Okay. That's got it. Okay. Say, my pillow inventor and founder Mike Lindell's got another great product designed to help you sleep better: the My Pillow mattress topper. Three unique layers, keeps you comfortable, regulates your body heat, holds your body position. And uh, uh, best of all, don't spend thousands of dollars to buy a new mattress. The mattress topper will rejuvenate your mattress. And they have a 10-year warranty, a 60-day money-back guarantee, and come in seven sizes. Uh, Mike's also extending a great offer to GL uh, podcast listeners now through December 31st. You can save 30% on any size MyPillow mattress topper and get two MyPillow standard pillows. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Mattress Topper button on the homepage, and enter the promotional code GL at checkout to get your loot. Now back to the news. John, I have a question about that last story. Yes, Why sir. is the president, uh, why is he going to fire these two individuals you mentioned? Uh, well, he, apparently Nielsen and he have been, have been at odds for a while. She's the Homeland Security person yeah. uh, over immigration issues okay. uh, and some and other And the other issues. one, didn't Mulaney get in a... Tussle with her about seats on an airplane? Yeah, but I think Kenny's talking about Kelly. Oh, I'm sure. Apparently, uh, Kelly, uh, <laughs> they don't know. He just maybe wants to make a change. Uh, the other one, they got into a tussle, yes. The first ladies, uh, some of her deputies or whatever her assistants are called, got into uh, some sort of squabble with Mira Ricardle. Hmm. And uh, she didn't like that. Yeah, she got Melania. an aisle seat. She don't mess with Melania, seat, huh? Like yeah. <laughs> you would think every seat on the plane would be good. Yeah, you would think so. Here in Minnesota, U.S. Representative-elect Ilan Omar this week, uh, well, causing some, uh, ruffling some feathers, shall we say already. There's a shock. Reaffirming her support for a pro-Palestinian movement to pressure Israel. <sighs> that made Jewish community leaders who say she contradicted remarks made at an August candidate's forum angry. This should be a far more concern to the Jewish community than the kids at Baraboo High School. Mm-hmm. Omar's office told the website MuslimGirl.com on Sunday she supported the boycott, divestment, and sanctions against Israel, but expressed, quote, reservations on the effectiveness of the movement in accomplishing a lasting solution. Minnesota Democrat later reiterated her position in a series of text messages exchanged with a reporter for TC Jewfolk that were posted on its local news site. Mm-hmm. Jewish community leaders previously expressed optimism after Omar criticized the Palestinian movement during an August 6th Democratic Candidates Forum at Beth El Synagogue in St. Louis Park. Wow. Twins making some changes at Target Field. Last season, of course, they made changes inside Gate 34 to ease congestion. Which was fantastic, by the way. It was a great move. Now the team is doing the same outside Gate 34, reconfiguring entrance points as a jagged pattern rather than the straight line that exists right now. Gate 34 will now have 16 entrance points. That's up from 12 along with the single, same single wheelchair entrance, according to Matt Hoy, Senior Vice President of Operations. They worried about more people coming? Twins. Yeah. <laughs> Twins <laughs> no, just to disguise it ah. more so it looks like it's uh, more, more people. Twins also plan to erect a canopy about 25 feet wide over all the gates to shield metal detectors, ticket scanning machines, and people from the weather. Uh, now, what this means to folks, if you can envision this in your mind. Trying to. They're moving the big glove. Oh, no, not the, the big, big glove. Yeah. The big yeah. glove? Yeah. Will that be inside the ballpark No, then? in fact, it's going to be closer to downtown. Ah. The gold glove was placed in Target Plaza when the ballpark opened in 2010. Well, it makes sense because there's usually a line in front of that, which yep. then yep. makes the, the entrance point messy. Sitting on an 18-inch platform, it was designed to be decorative. Matt Hoy said it wasn't originally intended to be used as a photo op, but now it is. Uh, it will be moved about 100 feet toward downtown, but also lowered to better accommodate uh, folks who want to take snapshots. Uh, the Twins are also adding a new lawn 
inside Gate 34. Huh. They'll lay down more than 5,800 square feet of turf. Uh, for what, you say? Yeah, why? Yeah, uh, why? Hoy says, if your kids are getting impatient in the fifth inning, you can have them go out there and <gasps> run around. So basically, this is where I'm taking my kids because yeah. they can't sit still yeah. for two They're becoming the St. Saint Paul Saints. <laughs> he did point out that they don't want to do too much to distract people because you can still get a home run ball hit in that area. So uh, the grassy area. So yeah. you still can. sure is a lot of news about the ballpark. Uh, yeah, there, there actually is a game going on. There right? is a game going on, yes. What about the trees? Are we bringing the trees back? No, no trees. trees. Are no? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you'll also see uh, security perhaps get even. Are you on the payroll? What the hell is this? How many pages of twins <laughs> notes do you have just, here? Just two. Yeah, you got any food <laughs> notes? We don't give a rat's ass about sports anymore, John. Security. What about the food? Any food yeah, we notes? can be free of this. Security. They made us talk about that. We don't have to I, do that. I don't, I, I, that's our I don't twins have fans. any. Tw- yeah, I don't. That's for sports story I've used. Come on. How about Jimmy Butler said, I am an incredible human being. Oh There's God. a sports story. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a sports story. I don't, I don't want to read. That stuff just annoys me. Is Twins uh, the play-by-play now? Is that going to be podcast, too? No. <laughs> no. A little tough for that to be a podcast. <laughs> Security. Right. Would you? I, I would actually listen to that. I'm sure you would. You're hey, I missed the game on Tuesday. Yep. You could pause it if wow. you want to. Security will also be a little tighter. <laughs> At the games. God, uh, he's still doing it. Well, I'm out, trying Jenny. to get that story done doing? for you. Here comes the big finish. Yep, here it is. <sighs> They're going to go uh, to the full-on. Reading Anna. that press release word for word. Hey, what? No, I know there's a no, punchline. No, there's no. a punchline here. This, this isn't a press release. This is a story I stole from a different website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, security will be a little tighter with full-on NFL-style security being put into place. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Move That's on a to one. a different story. That's a, a bookend on that one. Now, we got her. now I have Mall of America news. There right? we go. Okay, yep. Open her up. Johnny Height with the press release update. New changes at the Mall of America. <laughs> that's that's how they all start. Should make it easier for you to park. Is this going to be another thing where we got to hear about the gates and the oh. entrances and the tarp and the, oh. whole, and the thing and <laughs> the, the Bloomington- glove giant bus or whatever the hell they got out giant there? Bus. The Bloomington Mall. This is actually kind of cool. Are they screwing up the Sears lot? Although I, I, I rarely go to the Mall of America. This is kind of cool. Is that through the water park? The, the Bloomington Mall officially unveiled its new parking guidance system this week in advance of holiday shopping. Uh. The park assist system features digital signs noting the number of open spaces and colored lights to guide drivers to available parking spots. My, that's helpful. I think that's a good idea. Mm, that's very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll quit. I would, I would like Okay. <laughs> the system would also allow guests to check parking availability from their home computer and offer mobile devices before heading out. Oh, that's fantastic. Large, that's a perfect impersonation of Porky Pig. Oh, it was. <laughs> Thanks, Kitty. Large digital signs at the entrance to the east and west ramps display the number of open spots on each Level. Yeah. You guys don't think it's cool? We have relatives yeah. that come to town every year, and they insist on going to the Mall of America no. about two days before got Christmas. Got in their shoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I said, uh, I'll be waiting for you all at home. Right. Not in aisle number four where there's oh. 320 spots open. I'm checking my shoes now. For you got hay? hay? Yeah. You got hay in there, kid? No, he's just got manure on the bottom. some mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Diamond and pearl er- earrings, pearl necklaces, a giant pearl pendant, and other jewelry once belonging to Marie Antoinette are set to go on auction in Geneva, showcasing perhaps the quintessential emblems of pre-revolutionary royal opulence in France. 
Sotheby's is billing the sale Wednesday as a once-in-a-lifetime chance to scoop up heirlooms and jewels that have been held in the Bourbon-Parma dynasty for generations, some which haven't been seen publicly for 200 years. Marie Antoinette was guillotined in 1793 at the age of 37 and secretly smuggled abroad some of her most treasured possessions to her relatives amid swelling revolutionary fervor that marked the beginning of the end of France's centuries-old monarchy. The highlight? Queen Marie Antoinette's pearl, a diamond and pearl pendant estimated to fetch $1 to $2 million and perhaps more if there are buyers on the market for it. It features a drop-shaped, one-inch natural pearl that outsizes the peregrina that was once in Hollywood star Elizabeth Taylor's collection. Queen's jewelry split across several lots, including a set of pearl and diamond earrings, diamond brooch, natural pearl and diamond necklace, a monogrammed diamond set ring bears a lock. I drove actual... two hours and 15 minutes for this. <laughs> Let me remind you. I, I know it's not all about me. But this is good stuff, Kenny. I, I do have some breaking news. About. As yeah. a podcast listener... Let me put it that way. I, you know what we're going to do? We're going to save this. We're, or, no, not save that. We're, we're going to save the podcast. We are going to go, uh, let's revisit Baraboo. Okay. Can we- <laughs> Before we do, let me let me just give you my breaking news. Broward County is bringing in an expert consultant to speed up the ballot count. And it is the um, count from Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thank so you. things are going to be tallied. Uh, you might hear some lightning and some thunder. But One, uh, 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 two, uh, let's, uh, let's come back here. Three, <laughs> four.